You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Booth Review. Welcome into Booth Review, presented by Emprise Bank, member FDIC. BMAC? Sir? What's up, man? Nothing much, man. I was just dancing to that entry song. Had me feel a little, feel some kind of way, man. I'm excited for some Big 12 football, that's for sure. We got we got a bop here to to kick off the show for sure. Uh, I want to know just what was what was uh, what was Reno like though? You know, you get out there on the road. How how was it? Man, the weather was great. Uh, it was you know good being close to. I love going to California. I love the mountains on that side of the of the country. So the the ambiance, beautiful stadium, was beautiful. Uh, nice weather, uh, just uh, you know, just a all around you know nature win. Uh, the the football uh, was so so, and the travel in general was so so. But man, Reno is a beautiful place. That's awesome, man. I'm glad you had fun. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm trying to get out to that Reno Tahoe area eventually. Yeah, that Tahoe I, was crazy. I want to, yeah, I want to go golf out there. Is my yeah, that's man. my that's my that's my goal because I mean, yeah, that, that place looks ridiculous. But uh, yeah, I mean we're. We've got a lot to talk about today, right? We've got to talk about last week's performance. We've got to talk about a huge, huge game coming up for this program. I know we keep saying that, but it's the truth. Hey, next week's up. It's mm-hmm. a big one. Mm-hmm, for sure. But I do want to talk a little bit about KU Nevada. Obviously, um, I think everyone largely anticipated that game to go much differently than it did. Kansas wins 31-24. I do want to say... Uh, it feels good to be in a position where you're disappointed in a win on the road uh, in, in the performance. Like that's a good feeling to have as a, as a Kansas fan that has been through a lot um, watching this football team, but disappointing. I mean, I think that's the word that, that, uh, that stood, that sticks out for me. Uh, I think there's some things that we can explain away and we'll talk a little bit about those. Um, But I think largely just, Sloppy game, kind of just didn't seem to have that energy, didn't have that juice, I don't think. Um, that's at least my perspective watching it from from thousands of miles away. Yeah, it was tough. You know, the travel was something that they're not going to make excuses for. Uh, but as a radio broadcaster, I was exhausted at the end. <laughs> I, I didn't do a single thing. So I can relate to some of that. Just general exhaustion. It was a later time start. And it just was, it was just a funky day relative to most of the you know, the game experiences you have. The only thing I could compare it to was we played Toledo on a Friday night in 2006 at Toledo. Now, is a better team than Nevada, uh, but it was a game that we just should not have lost. And there was just things that just kept going wrong that probably would have went right uh, given different circumstances. So I did think that paid, played an impact, but ultimately they won. And those are, you know, and I'm talking about an experience where we lost. We ended up losing in overtime. So it's just one of those things where, you know, don't apologize for winning. You know, you don't have to apologize for winning. And I think that was not a good indication of what this team's capable of and can't take much from it performance wise. Uh, but you saw some resilience, and that was a good one. Kerry Meyer was the quarterback of that KU Toledo game, wasn't he? Yes, he was. I remember that game. Yeah. Was that his? It was a pick six or something that got us started off on the wrong foot. It was his first road start, I believe. I was say, was that his freshman year? Redshirt freshman year. He had a he had a health condition his true freshman year, so that would have been redshirt freshman year. Yeah, I I remember that. Uh, I remember that him starting that game. 
But yeah, I I'll, I'll start with I'll just start with Jalen Daniels off the top. Uh, you know, because like I think there's a lot to take away from that game. Um, in some ways, just like it's lessons learned, it's teaching tape, it's it's moments that will get you refocused before a massive game. Um, and I think this is a good opportunity for Jalen Daniels. He comes out against Illinois and lights it up, dazzles, shines, shows people exactly you know the reason that he was the Big 12's Offensive Player of the Year and just does some really special things. This game against Nevada, second game, getting his legs back underneath him, I thought was a lot more inconsistent. Um, and you know, I think there was a lot of big game hunting for him. I think he was really looking to try to make some big plays down the field. Um, and I think that led to some of the inconsistency on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, there was times where, you know, he's dropping back and, and the tackles are, are, you know, running guys up the arc. And instead of stepping up and in and maybe trying to find something underneath from the pocket, Jalen was really looking to step out even when the tackles were deep to try to bounce out and try to make some plays outside and really wasn't able to find all that much, which is, I, I, I do think is a credit to Nevada's defense. I think Nevada's defense did some good things in that game. So you want to give them some credit for sure. But I think a lot of the inconsistencies on the offensive side of the ball were some self-inflicted things where, you know, there, there was opportunities to kind of stick to the identity of what this team has been. And, you know, maybe they look to get a little too aggressive at time at the quarterback position you know, I think there was some stuff underneath at times that he could have taken. And I think that would have helped sustain drives a little bit better the way this Kansas offense has had so much success doing. Absolutely. And I think Nevada's defensive line just played harder. You know, they were just working really hard. Those guys were ripping through gaps. They were a desperate team. You know, when you're 0-2, nobody's trying to go to 0-3. So they were, you know, fighting for their lives. And in and, and fairness to KU, watching the film, that was one of the worst group five performances in those opening two games I've maybe ever seen. I thought this was the first game where they did play to their talent more. They were making plays. They had a lot of high major skill players, and you could see some of that, some of that twitchiness, some of that quickness. So it wasn't an untalented team. It was a seemingly unmotivated team. And uh, Kansas was the motivation. Their guard was down uh, to open that game, and Nevada was desperate. And, and they put well when they had to and uh, kept themselves in it and had just an extremely extreme run of luck on fumbles like I've never seen in my life before. I mean, five Force fumbles all recovered by Nevada, which has really been their undoing in most of their games. They fumble a lot. And uh, other teams were taking advantage of Kansas just to get it done. Well, that's like, I think that if I'm going to excuse away some of the stuff here, right, <laughs> for that game, like you said, like the the schedule, the the body clock schedule. I mean, that game is bleed. I'm a, I was dead tired trying to stay up to watch that game. <laughs> I mean... So, I mean, trying to adjust to, you know, to a, you know, that body schedule has got to be a little bit off and, you know, uh, I, the, you're right. Like, I think that's the big one is the fumbles for me. Um, when I look at that, I just, there, every 50, 50 ball in that game fumbles, some of the, some plays in the ball with the ball in the air. It just felt like everything fell Nevada, you know, during that game. And it was moments that could have very easily, you know, shifted the the narrative and the score of that game significantly. I think that you play that game ten times, and the the score is a bigger margin for Kansas the other nine times. I think we just caught a, a very weird game for this course. I don't think they played bad. Like I'll, defensively, I don't know if they played all that bad. Like I mean, no. I think I I I felt pretty good about it. You know. I, 
the quarterback made some plays with his legs a couple times. Um, I think he, you know, a couple like a play or two that you know down the field maybe and. No, that, yeah, yeah, one one great throw. But before that, I think he had 13 yards passing. Yeah, uh, yes. And so it wasn't he had 13 yards passing. He had that great throw down the right sideline, and everything else was him scrambling. So it wasn't as if they were sustaining drives. No, no, they weren't. And and I think, yeah, I I don't really have a ton of issues with uh you know with with what happened on the defensive side of the ball. They got a couple plays here and there. I think they had a short field too, if I remember correctly. And. I mean, you know, some things happen there. Um, and obviously, hey, look, a little talent deficiency. Kobe Bryant didn't play. Austin Booker, or didn't play the first half. Austin Booker didn't play the first half. Um, you know, some of that stuff adds up. It's just, it was a it was a bizarre one for sure. I, I don't think I have too many big takeaways from it, except for I think this could be a moment for this whole group to just refocus a little bit. You know, you talked about Nevada and the way that they played and the energy that they played with. They just got beat by an FCS team, thirty-one to six. Now, good FCS team. It's still an FCS team, and yeah. so the the pride got checked there a little bit. And I think you saw that team play with a different kind of energy. Maybe that's the kind of response this Kansas team has to a sloppy game against Nevada. You know, maybe this their response is coming out and 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 putting a, a fantastic game together against BYU. Yeah, and these are the pitfalls of playing with expectations. You know, that's just part of it. You know, I, you talk about 2000, from my experience, 2005 was the year we made the Fort Worth Bowl. We lost a lot of seniors, but felt really good about a lot of our returning players. And you want to talk about a team that could blow a game in every way imaginable. It was that 016 miles off, losing eight, up 18 11 to Texas AM and losing that game, I think with less than four minutes left. Uh, we were up 35 to 17 at Baylor, lost that game. But this is what Baylor was not good. So there's been, you know, we were going through that ourselves, trying to figure out how to win, didn't win. And like my man, Bad Ombre said, the best thing about winning ugly is winning. So we appreciate you joining us, man. And winning is important. And that's what we take away from the game. Absolutely. And it feels good to get a win. Uh, I will say this. I don't think Andy Koldnicki was too in his bag this week either. I think he kept some things simple. Uh, so I, I anticipate and we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit about this. I got some. I got some thoughts here coming up uh, about this BYU game. Uh, but we do want to make sure we are shouting out Homefield Apparel. They have an unbelievable selection of Kansas athletics gear, uh, football, basketball. All looks great. You get some retro looks. Uh, you got some stuff celebrating a, a specific Orange Bowl that this team might have participated in, and maybe one of the guys on this show might have participated in. Um. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they're awesome. And make sure you're going to check it out. Promo code, no seats, 23 gets you 15% off, uh, there. Uh, so make sure you're supporting home field and peril and get all your gear. Cause you know, the, the KU, uh, sports calendar has begun. We're full into the, the football season. You're going to want it for football season. We're going to want it for basketball season. You're going to want it when you're out there at Hoagland, Washington baseball team too, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah. make sure you're getting all that stuff together. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it's Benny Heist from Benny and the Bets. And when it comes to improving your golf performance, there is nothing quite like a PXG custom club fitting experience with a true pxg fitting specialist this data-driven fitting is going to help determine the right club heads perfect loft lie and shafts to be able to completely transform and change your game and also lower your scores in the process so no matter your skill level you can be fitted for pxg's flagship gen 6 clubs they're designed to deliver incredible gains in distance accuracy and forgiveness and for a limited time you can use the code PXG75 when you sign up for a custom fit and get 75% off your fitting at PXG.com. Or you can give their store in Kansas City a call at 913-396-6100. Thanks again, everyone that is hanging out with us while we're doing this live. Uh, appreciate everybody supporting KC Sports Network. Make sure you're hitting the like button, subscribe button. All that good stuff helps support KC Sports Network, helps support KCSNU, uh, helps more you know, more Jayhawks fans find all the stuff that we're doing. Let's turn the page from that Nevada game. I, I'm glad this team's 3-0. It's fun that they got a dub out of this game. Uh, and it's it's it could be a, a great refocusing moment for, I think, a just massive... You know, it, it feels like every game, there's gravity to all these games for this program, right? But when you're 3-0 and you are coming into the Big 12 
play. You're going against a BYU team that just moved to 3-0, and beating an Arkansas team. Uh, it feels like a winnable game. It feels like a game that I feel like this team should win. Uh, and I think that creates some gravity because this is a Big 12 game that Kansas is expected to win. And I don't know how many of those moments we've had even last year. Because if you look at, you know, they continue to, you know, develop and they continue. There wasn't a ton of games where KU was favored to even, you know, even win into that 5-0 and streak. It took a little time. And there wasn't a ton because of the Jalen Daniels injuries afterwards that they were necessarily favored to win. So this just, you know, if this team can get to 4-0 and against BYU, they're staring at a game against Texas who's probably going to be undefeated when they play. Uh... And it's going to be in Austin. It's probably going to be a high-profile game. We might see a game day in Austin potentially because could it'll probably be two ranked teams. This is an opportunity. This is a big-profile game. I think the winner of this game winds up being ranked in the top twenty-five next year or next week. Absolutely. You know this Kansas State team. Though the reason I'm sorry, Kansas State. This uh, BYU team is exciting to me for the matchup because they're so much like Kansas State. If you watch them go in and beat Arkansas at Arkansas, I mean, there is nothing in the stat sheet that would tell you that they won that game. I mean, other than a, you know, there was a massive advantage at the punting spot uh, where BYU has a guy that's gotten 14 balls inside the 20-yard line, um, you know, 11 50-yard kicks last year. And I don't think this year he's had a punt go less than 50 yards. And, you know, he's a Lou Groves Award finalist, so he's just a massive weapon for BYU. And he was able to, flipped the field in ways that just kept giving them little advantages. They are so similar to Kansas State to me because they have big, fast linebackers that that have range. They have very workmanlike defensive linemen that work hard, that may be a little undersized height-wise, but are hard workers. A defensive end that can come off the edge. I think he leads them in sacks and tackles for loss, a three and three and a half, respectively. So they just have these little things that they just look very similar to Kansas State. Good outside defensive backs. But they're going to try to win win the game in the margins with uh, protecting the football, forcing turnovers, and playing good special teams. I'll I'll, I'll start with special teams. Actually, I think I'm glad you I'm glad you went there. Actually, because that was one of the things I noticed too. Is you know, I think I think I think the overarching thing that's going to be the theme for me in this entire show is going to be execution. This feels very much like an execution game to me, and I'll get into more of that in a second. But, um. I think BYU special teams largely, um, especially that you're like you're right. The field position game was absolutely massive for this team. They gave up a touchdown, a a, 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 a return touchdown early in the game, but you know BYU put Arkansas in some you know some bad field position throughout the rest of the game. Even had and they also had a they had a decent return at least at least one decent return in that game too. So. I think just uh, you say talk about winning in the mar- margins. I just look at execution. I just look at execution across the board. And this is a game where I think all three phases of the of the game are going to have to, you know, are going to have to to execute at a really li- high level. And that will be enough to win the, if they do that because I do think KU is a more talented, more dynamic team across the board. But it's just like it at the little things like that. It was a lot of little things and it started with the special team stuff there for sure. So I echo that sentiment with you. Like I think field position was really important. I think, you know, obviously even though they gave up a touchdown in the, in the return game, 
Um, I think special teams was largely a plus for BYU in that game. And yeah, I think it's, it's I, that I'll, I'll echo that sentiment with you on, on special teams. I don't know if you have any other more special teams takes, we can move on, but, um, if you have one, go for it. Yeah. So there's like a lot of maturity on that team. You talked about yes. the, they give up the punt return for a touchdown. The, the next kick return, they returned past midfield. So they were already answering the bell. You know, they were pressuring the punter of Arkansas. I think they ended up with two five yard punts which are essentially turnovers. I mean, yep. that's a turnover. If you put the ball five yards in your own area, that's a turnover. Yeah. So BYU used all these little these little pieces to to stay in the game, and then they use their maturity and experience to finish the game, and that's what that's what you do with old teams. Yes, one hundred percent. This is a this is a mature like mature is a great word too. I think they're very disciplined. I think they are a strong team. Um. I just it. This is where I I don't think they're an overly dynamic team. Like I do think I will say this, and let's let's start let's start BYU offense versus KU defense. Why not? Because I do want to talk about the best player on the field this week is going to be Kingsley Suamataaya. He's the left tackle for BYU. He's probably going to wind up being a first round pick when it's all said and done. It could be as early as this year. Um. And BYU, when you're when you're looking at their offense, don't think it's anything crazy schematically. Um, you know they're going to play in eleven personnel a lot. They're going to play in some twelve personnel, um, but they really want to try to run behind Kingsley Suamataaya. So they're going to pull him a lot because that he's just that dynamic of an athlete as a, as a as a as a player in, in space. So they'll pull him and run behind him. Um, he's their obviously their best pass protector. He's their best player. I think he's their best player on both sides of the football, and he's a draft prospect. So a real like a like he could be a, if I it wouldn't stun me if this guy's a chief, uh, in seven eight months genuinely, uh, in an early taken chief. Um, but he's I think he's I mean he's their best player. I don't know if you I, I don't know if what you thought about him, but I I thought he's pretty good. I thought their whole offensive line is terrific. You know that's just a group that that is gelled. Uh, pretty well early in the season. I think they've only given up one sack, very few pressures, and you see why. When you have a left tackle uh, of that capability, you know, a Sunday player, you can see it as soon as he walks on the field. Um, and then you have on the opposite side, you still got a big right tackle from transfer from Morgan, 6'8", 330. You know, you got experienced guys inside, some legacy players at the center position. I mean, there's just like a lot of depth and a, and a lot of experience, and you can see that they didn't really, you know, Arkansas heated them up more than they had been. Yes, Arkansas had four sacks, and before that, they had given up none. Yeah, so, I mean, it's one of those things where the competition level raised up. Sam Houston State's a very good team, but not of the caliber you used to see it, you know, in the Big Twelve. And then obviously Southern Utah is a team that's a, a you know, not a very good team. So they were able to protect against those teams, and Arkansas was able to heat them up. And I expect Kansas to have some of those same advantages, with, especially with the way the defensive line is playing. I mean, you saw guys just flying out there. Patrick Joyner is starting to really be a force. Yep. You know, he doesn't get a ton of opportunities, but he's maximizing him. Um, you know, Dylan Brooks is a guy you just like to see out there because he's so raw. And you know that in the future, this guy's going to be something. So it's nice to see some of those guys get some reps. I think that outside of Kingsley Suamataaya, I think that offensive line is susceptible in pass protection. And, I mean, the success on the in the passing game wasn't great uh, for Ked and Slovis. Uh about 50% of his passes against Arkansas. And the thing with Slovis is if you can move him off his spot, the variables change too much for him to be a consistent passer. That's the truth of the matter, is if you can heat him up a little bit, it 
presents variables that he doesn't have great answers for athletically, um, processing wise. So um, I think it's winning with quickness again, uh, especially along the interior. I think the interior in, in the blitz game is going to be really, really important. Um, you know, I you're going to have to be a little careful with the blitz, I think. But I, if you can get home with four, that's, that's, you know, preferred anyway. But I think this group can win with quickness up front. Um, and I think that's going to be a, a big factor. And, and moving him off his spot proves to be um, a, a, a proven process. I mean, he, he barely completed half his passes. And, you know, there's a couple of things like, yeah, it's just it's inconsistency when the when he's moving. Um, and I think that's like I think that's the one of the biggest keys is if you're able to do that, keep him out of rhythm. Good things are going to happen for you. Yeah. And he's a guy that's played in three systems in three years. Mm-hmm. I mean, he went to USC, to Pitt, to BYU. So he's early in the season. He's not going to have a good grasp on it. Yeah. But there's no question about his throwing ability. You know, he threw for over 300 yards 11 times at USC a couple of years ago. So it's not a matter of ability. I think it's a matter of comfort. And like you mentioned, not a lot of speed on the outside. You know, they got some big tight ends. They don't have a lot of speed there either. Yeah. It's like, you know, there isn't a lot of openings. There isn't a lot of places to go with the football. Some of his best plays were like these improv throw behind the guy because everyone's covered kind of things. He did and do I that. Think you're gonna, I think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see Kansas have some sticky, sticky coverage on some of these guys because that's the way that Kansas has played thus far this year. And I think it's giving Kevin Slovis some issues. You know, and it wasn't just this game. He didn't. He had a low completion percentage against St. Houston State as well. Yeah. One thing that BYU has, like, and I think they've kind of adjusted some things for Slovis that they maybe weren't necessarily doing the same um you know with a you know with a Jaron Hall last year or with a with a Zach Wilson but one thing that like BYU has liked to do and this is something that I stuck a little bit with them is they'll they'll try to go and and just throw a fade ball to some of these big body guys that they have the it's a bigger body group not not necessarily great quickness I don't think in the pass catching game I don't think it's an over I'll be honest I don't think the weapons are overly dynamic for this team I don't think yeah. they've got you know, a, a ton of playmakers. I think they got guys that are big, strong, can win at the catch point, assignment sound. I mean, it's boring. It, this is going to sound insulting. It's not, it's not boring in a bad way. It's just, it's just, you know, it's just a, it's not an overly explosive group of, of weapons, but they'll, I mean, they'll try to, they're going to try to challenge with some, with some, you know, outside, you know, fades. Like that's something that was really big for Zach Wilson and, and Jaron Hall, and that's something that even though I think some things have been adjusted there, I, it's still something that that Slovis will try here or there. And so, I mean, you're gonna like you, you want to try to. I, I think you can keep this team from generating explosive plays. Like, I don't think this is a a group that's gonna have a ton of explosives if you are assignment sound, and it's right. being good at the catch point and through the hands, you know, outside Kobe Bryant and and, and Melo Dotson. Um, and then it's it's gap integrity in the run game. And one thing I was really impressed with the, with in the Illinois game is when they when when they got into some of their man blocking schemes, I thought the execution from our from from Kansas's front was outstanding. And I think if they can do that the same way they did against Illinois, I think good things are gonna happen to the defense. Absolutely. I also think that was the Nevada game for whatever reason, schedule, whatever. They didn't tackle well. That was one of the things that they've not really had an issue with. They've not had a ton mm-hmm. of missed tackles. In the bad game, they definitely had some missed tackles that ended up sneaking up against them. So hopefully that'll be a reminder to tighten up in that area. I think from your mentioning about speed and explosion, um, seeing that dime package out there with J.B. Brown and Cornell Wheeler. Cornell Wheeler is a springy, 
guy. It was nice to see them have an extra body at that linebacker position that could really run uh, because he had a lot of range. And, you know, one of the things that as a spotter KU, you know, in between plays, one of the things you notice right away is the explosion of J.B. Brown. I mean, he is as quick as anyone. Mm-hmm. I'd say anyone we've had in a long time, especially at that position. Yeah. He is very sudden, and he and he impacts the game in a way that we don't really have anyone else that does it that way. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, and like I do think, both sides of the ball, KU is a more dynamic football team, and I think KU can win with quickness, but they've got to be. I I Arkansas, I think, was just not they were not a disciplined football team. And the reason they got beat is a lack of discipline on both sides of the ball. Well, there's, there's one other thing too, but uh, I don't get there in a sec. But I just think discipline mixed with guys that can make plays at a different kind of level than what B, BYU can are gonna be the difference in this game if KU is is gonna pull it out. Hey, B Matt, guess what? We're back with another week of football and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw $5 down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code KCSN. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner, Gold Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 and older age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance, eligibility, and deposit restrictions apply uh is there anything on the offensive side of the ball we missed before we move to uh to KU's offense versus BYU's defense um no nothing I can really think of I, I like it like you said before I like the speed matchup I like our front seven against them I do got a shout out Tommy Dunn for having a terrific game um he's a guy that I'm just always excited about I like when he's out there the guy makes plays Yo. and uh it was good to see him do his thing and uh, so I'm just excited about that. Also, Cornell Wheeler, I know I mentioned him before, but he's a guy I just have been excited about and have been hearing about. And it's nice to see him get out there and see some of those traits that they were excited about because there was a lot of a lot of punch, uh, a lot of power, a lot of quickness. I like seeing him out there. It's kind of funny. Those are two guys that didn't really get an opportunity last year, and you're just seeing depth, physical growth, mental growth just kind of showing itself on this Kansas football team. It's it's just yeah. it's just so night and day than what we've seen in the past, man. Like I just it's fun to see we're talking about a lot of different linebackers and those neither JB Brown or Cornell Wheeler, I mean JB Brown wasn't here, but you get the point. Like neither of these guys were here last year. Uh and you know neither of these guys were projected starters 2 weeks ago, but you're seeing them play and make con- con- contributions and I think that's yeah. just that's just so good to see, man. It's just Team's got depth. BYU, BYU's defense. They're a three down front primarily. Um, play a little, you know, they, they stuck four on. They stuck four up 
every now and then. But I think you're going to see a primarily a, a three-down team, uh, which makes it a little bit like what you saw out of Illinois. Um, not entirely the same. But I think, like, okay, so the big thing for me, and I think the, the reason, like, a lot of people are like, uh, the, the, the spread's on the game, right? It's KU by nine, KU by nine and a half, KU by eight and a half. That's a big, that's a big number. Um, and people are asking why. I mean, this team just beat Arkansas. I think Kansas is more uniquely positioned to beat BYU offensively than what we saw our Arkansas try to do. And I think it start and it look, it's it's not just Jalen Daniels being a better quarterback than KJ Jefferson, which I think he is. He's a different kind, but the style of quarterback that I think Jalen Daniels is. And his ability as a passer being more consistent than what KJ Jefferson does, quicker to process, quicker to get the ball out of his hands. I think those, I think that is a asset that Kansas has. And schematically, I think same thing, just how they're able to throw the ball. I think BYU can get got in the air just watching what I saw, you know, against Arkansas. I think you get. I think. I think that's a big asset for this football team is being able to sling the sling the ball around the yard. And I don't think the back seven of BYU got tested in a big way against Arkansas that I think will shine. It will show itself a little differently when they have to play up against Kansas. Absolutely. You know, there's that's that's something I'm definitely in agreement upon because watching Arkansas in preparation for the Liberty Bowl last year, you know, Arkansas just doesn't do a lot on offense. They don't have to because they're huge and they have a gigantic quarterback. And I usually have Rocket Sanders, who, you know, he didn't play in that game. Yeah. didn't play against us either. Uh, but, but a big time player that's probably going to be a Sunday running back, you know, that runs well at 230. He didn't play. So there's something into that as well. But I also think KJ Jefferson is RPO, uh, Papa Shop quarterback in terms of it's in front of him. Bam, he hits it. Now he's in, he is unique when he's in scramble mode because he's so big. He's bigger than defensive ends. You know, he's bigger than linebackers. You know, the first play of the game, he knocked the safety out <laughs> just on just an inside run because he's 250 pounds. Yeah. And he's a talented player. And like you said, it's a, just a different style of player. And his style of play does not threaten the field as a whole as much as what Kansas does, even schematically. Mm-hmm. And then you throw on top of that, Arkansas had another football field full of penalties. I think you had 120 yards of penalties in that game. You know, that's not something that Kansas ever really done. Last game they had some penalty issues, but uh, that's not something they've ever really done. So there was another extra football field in there of Arkansas giving up. I think they doubled them up in yards. So there's a reason the line is like that. It's looking at the teams in their totality and what they perform to at this level. And like you said, the matchup. You know, there are some matchup favors you can look at. Uh, BYU similarity to Illinois just in front. And you might be able to draw some kind of conclusion there. I'm not saying you should or you shouldn't, but there are a lot of details that go into that spread. I think it's accurate. Yeah. No, and I just I, I think KU's I think there is some there's some chances for KU to just to do some different things offensively. So yeah, they played a three down front against Arkansas. And I think it's a strong group. I think it's a very like a, like the their 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 down linemen are strong. Um they are not as dynamic as Johnny Newton. Um they don't have that guy along their interior, but they have a lot of strong guys. I think this front seven, I think you can, I think they can get moved. I think they can get moved laterally a little bit. Um, I, I think that they have a couple good players at the linebacker spot, but overall, I still think, you know, even watching some of them try to drop and stuff, I guess why I kind of talked about the passing game, but like change of direction and, and some of that, 
I think I think they I think they can I think they can get on the edge and, and try to make this front move. If you make this front move, I think good things will happen. Absolutely, I uh, I kind of think about these these three man fronts where they play, play a lot of four eyes. That's kind of a C gap run game dream, you know, because you're going to have that edge player creeping in, and there's going to be a natural gap there, and that's what Kansas likes to do anyway. You know, they have that drive starter where they run outside zone out of done, and you see Ishaw hit that C gap and have the speed to kind of get to that next level of stiff arm and do some things. Those are the kind of things I like to see when you're playing those big three-man fronts. And back to my initial point, it's a lot like what K-State does. Like, they're just big, strong, hardworking guys. And mm-hmm. if you aren't, if you aren't on, your, on your job, they can wreck your day. But they're not just wrecking your day based on talent. They're wrecking your day based on hard work and determination and will. So a lot more will than skill in that front segment. So you got to deal with it. You know, it's not like you could just, oh, yeah, you know, they're not, it's not like they're giving up a lot of yards anything. There's some work to do, but it's it's a it's a group that's like you said strong and can hold the line. And it's execution, like, and that's the thing that really sticks out to me when I watch this game is if KU executes, they're gonna win the football game. It's execution on both sides of the ball. They have more talent. I think the running back, like I I know, like Rocket, your true point, Rocket Sanders didn't play that game. Uh the best back that BYU has seen or will see is Devin Neal, and. They, KU's got plenty of other backs that can play behind him. And I'm more impressed the, with Kansas backs than when I saw Arkansas playing against BLU. I think if you get these guys in space, you're going to see why the spread is the way it is. Is you know If, if KU executes, you're going to see Devin Neal in space. And these guys really not able to hang. These really, these, they're not really able to close. They're not able to bring him down. They're you know, like he's he's gonna be able to you know wiggle through some of this some of this back segment because like he's a, he's just the most dynamic runner that this group has seen, and I think it's the same thing with Jalen Daniels. You know, scrambling. You know, we saw we saw Jalen Daniels escaping Johnny Newton. You know, if he makes good decisions, if Jalen makes good decisions, makes better decisions than he did against Nevada, doesn't go big game hunting, steps up from time to time. You know, maybe you know tries to work the underneath stuff a little bit. He's too dynamic for this BYU defense too. I just don't see a ton of guys that are going to be able, or enough guys to be able to match athletically with what Kansas can present in their skill players. So if the offensive line has a you know a good response against a strong front, I think you're going to find KU being able to get their playmakers in space and kind of show why they are you know, why they are so heavily favored in this game. Absolutely. And I think that early in the game, they can get stops and get multiple, get stringed together, multiple opportunities to score. And when you think about it, other than the first half against Illinois, this is not an offense that's had sustained offensive explosions, which if you compare that to last year, by game three, they'd already had two or three of those monster games. West Virginia on the road, they end up scoring 49 and they go to Houston and score a whole bunch of points. So these things were already kind of been kind of bubbling to the top and other than that first half against illinois this hasn't been a what we were used to seeing relative to last year i think we will start to see that team as these games get more important well and yeah i think there's just there's so many factors playing for the jayhawks right now and i think we've spent a lot of time talking about a lot of them and you know i i think if you just look at this team wanting to respond to the week prior, I think you're going to see a, a focus group that knows that what they did against Nevada is not going to sniff being good enough to to beat BYU. I think you're going to see an emphasis on execution, um, and you know, I, I think if they can just 
you know, I, well, nothing. They they can't have a they can't have an Illinois second half either, right? right. You know, they've got to they've got to they got to play their best football of the season this week to beat BYU. Um, and the good news is, like, I I think they will. Like, I genuinely I think they have, there's just too much working towards this team playing a really good football game. It's you know the emphasis they they fum, you know some fumbles again, you know last week against Nevada. Got to got to clean that up. Yeah, clean some execution stuff. Jalen Daniels has got plenty of stuff that he's going to look on tape and say, "I should have done this, this, and this." I think he's going to respond in this game. Um, I like I like where this team's sitting heading into such a big game because there's so much things that this this coaching staff can point to and say, "Hey, look, this will get you beat in the Big Twelve." Well, the Big Twelve's here. Welcome, welcome BYU. Uh, all right, so BMAC, little prediction for you. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Oh man, no final thoughts. I'm just excited to to have a new team in the conference, to uh, have a new fan base, uh, to to be in our stadium, and hopefully we uh, we welcome them with uh, some wheat waving and, and a runaway. <laughs> What's the score? Oh man, I am going to go. I'm going to go, man. This is tough. I'm going to go. I'm going to go thirty. I'm going to say thirty four. But I think that they're going to blow the lid off this soon in terms of scoring because that hasn't happened yet. You know, the Missouri State stuff was mostly late to get uh, over 40. There's going to be one of these games where they go over 40, and I think this might be it. The problem is I don't want to predict a blowout because I know that's not what's going to, you know, BYU is not one of those teams that's going to get blown out. But I also don't see how they score a lot of points against this defense. Just gets, watching them score 38 against Arkansas was there were so many details into that, you know, trick plays and returns and all these different things. Um, so I'm going to go with a 34 to 21. 34 to 21. Okay, I like that. I agree. I think I think this team is going to – I think the, the trump card is primarily the offense. And, I mean, that's – I mean, no kidding. That's the case for this team. Like, don't not discrediting the defense. This is just a very explosive potential offense. And we've seen some really good things. We've seen them light the score up against the, the Big Ten – Illinois, like against an Illinois team, I'm like Penn State. I Penn yeah, hard time, didn't they? That's, yeah, and KU, KU put them in a blender for 30 minutes of football. Uh, and so the best version of this offense cannot be kept up with by BYU. And so if KU plays, uh, you know, the best version of their offense and executes, they're going to score a lot of points. Uh, I'm going to go 37, 23. Kansas wins and covers. And I think it's just I think it's just a good I think it's a good mixture and, and and good timing for this team to be playing it coming off the Nevada game and and all kinds of I just I, I think Jalen Daniels gets this is his third game now, right? Is under it's under his belt. I think just a lot of good things going for Kansas. Oh, it's at home and it's a sellout too, by the way. You know. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do pack it. it pack in the booth. I love to see pack it. It's gonna be Gonna be fun to watch. Can't wait to see what Kansas does against BYU. We're hoping for a win and a four-no start and a date against Texas the next week. That's it for booth review for Brandon McAnderson. I'm Kent Swanson. We'll catch you later. Rock out. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. 
inform KC Sports Network.